When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own... trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma. Yay! Trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com/getyourown for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise. Unlock Carnival's all-new exclusive destination at Grand Bahama. Where you can dive into clear lagoons, try all the water sports, or unwind on a mile-long, pristine beach with breathtaking sunset views. This vacation paradise has it all. Celebration Key, welcoming guests in summer 2025. Carnival, choose fun. Copyright 2024, Carnival Corporation. All rights reserved. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Panama. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, as boys, we probably all had dreams of living extraordinary lives. Perhaps you dreamed of owning a cabin in the mountains and taking tourists on guided fly fishing excursions. Or maybe your dream was to travel the world with your steamer trunk and haggling with merchants at a bazaar in Istanbul. But if you're like most men, you probably gave up on those dreams thinking they were just childish fantasies and then you had to join the real world by getting a job, settling down, and paying bills. Sure, you might have a decent life, but it feels so ordinary, so conventional. And there's still a part of you that yearns to to fulfill the boyhood dream and you would give anything to make it a reality. Well, our guest today is a man who decided not to live a conventional life and he helps others live the life they always wanted. His name is Chris Gillibo, and he's the owner of the blog The Art of Nonconformity, where he writes about challenging the status quo and living a non-conventional life. In addition to writing, Chris spends his time traveling the world, and he has a goal of, vi- goal of visiting every country in the world, and so far he's visited 141 of them. Uh, Chris's work has been featured in the New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC, and Anderson Cooper 360, and Chris will be publishing a book based on his blog this fall called The Art of Nonconformity. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That was a great introduction. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I wanted to introduce you well and do it well. So, Chris, what inspired you to ditch the typical life plan for men um, that's usually, you know, college, job, marriage, mortgage, and embark on a lifestyle with more freedom? Well, I think there were a number of turning points. Um, I actually had the, the, the fairly typical plan of college and marriage. Um, and I got married pretty young. I'm still married. And I did go to college. But I think probably one of the, the big turning points was 9-11, which really affected me, just like it affected many men and women all over the world. So I think when that happened, I was about 21, 22, and that experience just, um, you know, it depressed me for several months, like it did for a lot of people, and kind of helped me to ask, you know, questions about my own life of, like, what am I really doing? Like, um, I used to have these dreams of, of traveling and always thought that I would do something you know, overseas to help people or, you know, to kind of connect my life with others or whatever. And I, I wasn't really doing that. Like, I had been working for myself, and I started a business, and that was fun. Um, but I still thought it was kind of, you know, small compared to, like, the needs of the world and everything. So I was just really tripped out by that and uh, ended up going with my wife uh, and moving to West Africa. And that was in 2002, and we heard about a volunteer opportunity 
uh, to go and be a part of this uh, medical mission that was working in Sierra Leone and Liberia. And so we made a two-year commitment to that, and then it turned into kind of a four-year commitment of um, just living in the region and, and you know, facilitating the, the process of, of helping these nations kind of recover from a civil war. So that was, like, very, very intense um, emotional experience, um, you know, over four years, the four-year volunteer commitment. So that was probably one of the biggest things, like, you know, actually, like, being depressed after 9-11 and then finding a way to kind of respond and, and reach out and, and go and be a part of something that was bigger than me. So that was something that was really good. And then, uh, you know, 2002 to 2006, we were overseas and then came back to the States, um, relocated to Seattle, and I did grad school at the University of Washington. And while I was at grad school, um, I started another business, was doing some business consulting and different stuff. Um, and I felt like I wanted to kind of transition to, to where I had done a lot of stuff. I had helped people on an individual basis with my business consulting and my volunteer work and stuff. But I wanted to kind of, like, move to a broader basis and, and like, do something bigger. And so that's, that's when, um, just a couple of years ago, I kind of started the writing career and started the blog and started working on the book. So um, th- those are a few things that kind of led up to, to where I am now. So it was the the nine eleven and the trip, and so I guess after the after the trip in to Ethiopia, you're kind of in this mode where you're like, "This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, not have the conventional life, and uh, live my life according to how I want to do it." Yeah, I would say, I would say definitely, and then also just the experience of being self employed for a while, um, and then just the, the broader world view that came about through travel. Um, de- definitely the broader world view of living in Africa, but then I'd also traveled um, throughout a lot of a lot of countries in Europe and then um, Southern Africa as well and a bit in Asia. So I guess like the more I did, the more I, I wanted to do more. I guess uh, like once you have a taste of something, then you kind of see, oh, there's a bigger world out there. And, uh, you know, I don't have to do things the same way that other generations have done or even some of my friends are doing. I can kind of, you know, make it up as I go. So it's definitely been, been more of a process than like a single thing. Yeah. So you, part of your kind of lifestyle you've chosen to live is to travel a lot, and you know you have the goal of reaching every, visiting every country in the world. And so far, um, you've visited 141 of them. Um, when do you plan on visiting them all? I and mean, do you have a goal for that? Yeah, th- this kind of started um, like right around the time when I came back from Africa and moved to Seattle. Um, I had a lot, of, a lot of school breaks, um, just with the cycle of grad school, and so I started doing like these two-week trips. Um, just by myself going off, and and by that point I had traveled a lot in West Africa, so I was pretty comfortable, you know, in in difficult countries or poorer countries. And so I went to Uganda, I went to Iraq, I went to Burma, just kind of crazy little out of the way places like that. And I guess after I had done this a little while, I started counting up the number of places I had been to, just non strategically. Um, you know, I just was going out all all over the place, and so I realized I'd been to like maybe between 50 and 100 countries. And I thought, well, let's let's set a goal of visiting 100 countries. Like, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of, like, worked out how much that would cost. Cause my first thing is, like, oh, well, how can I do that? And, how you know, how, how much money is that going to cost? And I realized, like, um, having been to about 50 countries, it would cost me about $30,000 or so to go to the next 50. And my first thought was, like, wow, that's $30,000. You know, of course, on, on the one hand, it's a lot of money, but... On the other hand, it's actually not as much as I would expect to do that over a number of years and like to really set this as a, a personal goal and to make sacrifices in other areas, you know, so that I can focus on that. Um, so, I, so I did that, and then as I got closer to 100, then I started thinking, like, oh, well, what's next, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I was turning 30 years old, and I was like, okay, I've got almost 100 countries. This is great, but, uh, you know, why not go to every country in the world? So that's how that came about which is a little bit more difficult because uh, with just 100, you can kind of pick and choose, you know, and you can go to some of the easier countries or whatever, but, you know, to go to every country, you can't. 
you can't uh, just you know put something off the list because you don't want to go there or whatever. So, so yeah, um, as you said, 141 so far. Um, my goal is to do it before my 35th birthday, which is coming up in about three years. So I'm down to about two and a half years left um, to get to the, the final 50. Awesome. And so when you when you go when you travel, what what exactly do you do? Are you just seeing the sites, or do you um, do volunteer work when you're there? I mean, what? How do you fill the time when you're at these visiting these countries? Yeah, I'm not doing a whole lot of volunteer work, at least not overseas right now. Um, that's, that's difficult to do when you're just going somewhere for a, a briefer period of time. Um, but I am I am continuing my work. Like now that I work as a writer, that continues. You know, wherever I am in the world, and and doing the blog and connecting, and I have a small business that that kind of uh, works with the blog um, where I sell information products. So I do that basically everywhere I go. So everywhere I am, you know, I'm always working. I usually work a few hours a day, and then I go out. Um, like if I'm I'm somewhere for a few days. I might work in the morning and then go out in the afternoon. And one thing that's really interesting that's kind of changed a bit over the past couple of years is I'm naturally a pretty shy, introverted person. But now that I have this blog, like I've got readers all over the world. And so I've learned that I actually don't have to prepare very much at all. If I'm going somewhere, like I'm probably going to know at least somebody, usually a, a, you know, a group of people in that place. And so I've been doing meetups in the different countries I'm going to. And like some local people come and meet me and then take me around and show me you know, whatever they want me to see or whatever, which is really quite fun because I can see stuff that I, I wouldn't ordinarily, you know, be able to see or I might have to plan more. But now I don't even need a guidebook. You know, I just show up and there, there are people there um, to, to take me around. So that's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned a little bit about the, the price of traveling uh, the world. You know, I know there's a lot of men who would love to travel more, but they don't because they just don't think they have the money. I mean, is it pretty affordable to, to travel like you do? Sure. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a few things we could say about this, I and mean, we could talk about this probably for an entire podcast, but I'll, I'll try to be concise and say a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, like, whenever I think about spending money, whether it's, whether it's for travel or for anything else, like, I always try to think about priorities and values. Um, these are very personal things, like, my priorities and values won't be the same as anyone else's, but I always try to, you know, like, be very conscious um, about you know what I'm choosing to spend my money on, and in some ways I'm I'm very frugal, perhaps even to a fault uh, in some ways. But I've been really careful to uh, avoid debt. Um, I don't own a car right now. Like we've been living back in the states for three years, and we don't own a car. We just take the bus different places. Um, we've we've chosen to rent a home rather than own a home, um, which I know is not the right thing for everybody, but for us it makes sense. Um, so yeah, I guess the, the first thing is like I've, I've just kind of chosen to really identify this goal as something that's important to me and that's what I'm willing to to invest in and that's what I you know, I put a lot of disposable income into. But then secondly, because I've been doing this for a while, like I, I've learned quite a bit, um, usually through trial and error, with a lot of error. But um, now I do this thing that I call travel hacking, which is kind of like life hacking or, you know, ha- you know, hacking different things on your MacBook or Gmail or whatever. And so now I, I've, I've kind of learned to, to travel quite affordably. And, and my average plane ticket cost now is about 300 to 400 dollars. And that includes like lots of long haul flights to Hong Kong or to Johannesburg or wherever. Um, I do a lot of round the world tickets. Um, I do a lot of stuff with frequent flyer miles. I think right now I have about 800,000 frequent flyer miles, but I'm like constantly cycling them. Like every year I'm getting a few hundred thousand more from different promotions and things that I'm using a few hundred thousand, you know, to, to go on all these trips. Um, so actually, I actually do it quite affordably and. Um, for someone who's not trying to do what I'm doing, which I assume is, is almost everyone, if someone just wants to travel a little bit, they're not trying to go to Iraq or, you know, wherever, 
um, then it's actually much easier. Because uh, now, actually, it's getting a little bit more expensive for me because I'm, I'm getting down to these final countries that I have to get to. But if I just wanted to go to Thailand or Australia or, you know, somewhere, then uh, I don't think that's, that's too difficult, difficult at all. Um, again, with, first of all, with the mindset of priorities and, like, we're going to save up for this because it's important to us. But then secondly, with, like, thinking about the creative approach of different ways to do it with miles, with award tickets, around-the-world tickets, you know, or whatever. So I do a lot of stuff about that. So it's a, instead of buying the new excursion, you, you put the money into an account to go traveling. That's what? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a separate savings account that I use just for my travel stuff, and yeah. that's really made my life a lot easier just to kind of have it there and not think too much about it. Yeah. And you share some of these kind of travel things you've learned uh, in the information products you sell on your site. Is that correct? I do. I do. I mean, I, I also share some of it just on the blog, um, and I'm happy to help people for free. Um, I don't even have any paid consulting. I, if someone has a specific question, I'm more than happy to, to help with that. But then, yes, I do have like a frequent flyer master product that kind of goes into it in much more detail and talks about, you know, how all the how all the different promotions work and how the airline alliances work and how you can kind of get some of these deals. Awesome. So, Chris, your blog and the different products you you sell um, are all geared towards helping people live unconventional lives. What do you think is the number one thing that holds men back from living the life they want? That is a really good question, and, and I can only speak for myself about this. Um, so I would say for myself, um, I would say that the number one thing that, that held me back for a long time was my own fear and my own insecurity. Um, I guess, you know, I, I think, let's see how to, how to put this. A lot of us live our lives kind of out of the desire for approval or out of, like, the fear of what other people think of us. And I know that's certainly true in my life for a long time. It probably is still true in many ways. Um, but I think I just kind of learned, you know, over time to to overcome that. Um, not really to get past the fear, but just to find a way, like, to, to work with it or whatever. I mean, I wish, um, you know, the, the experiences that I'm having now with the site and the travel and stuff, I'm having so much fun. I wish I had started them earlier. Like, I had been thinking for five years about starting a blog. And, you know, I finally finally just went, went and did it. But I think for a couple of years, you know, the main reason why I didn't, um, didn't have anything to do with anything practical or with money or with anything else in my life, but just kind of with, with fear and, you know, insecurity and, oh, what are people going to think about me and, and that kind of thing. So, so for me, that would be my answer. Huh. And, and going on that, uh, talking about kind of the fear of what other people think, I think a lot of men um, do things because, and a lot of people, but I think particularly men do things because it's expected of, of them. I think with mm -hmm. men, they often like tie it up with kind of their masculinities. Like, I need to do this. If I don't do this, then I'm not a man, right? If I don't have the, mm -hmm. the secure job, um, right. know, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think? What is a, what should a man do? How how do you deal with that pressure of dealing with kind of those social expectations and explaining to mom and dad or your mentor right. that you know I'm not sorry I'm not going to be an attorney at a high powered firm. I actually want to right. teach kids. Uh, how to sculpt with clay, you know, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you, right. what advice would you give to man to kind of deal with that pressure? We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a thoroughly modern design. The exterior has been reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Durability has been tested to the extreme. Cargo capacity means more room for your gear. And there's been powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system that keeps you connected. 
Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering, and the Defender is ready for a wide range of adventures. The Defender family features two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. That's LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. And now back to the show. Right, right. Well, first of all, I think you're right. I agree with that premise. I think uh, that a lot of us probably, specifically men, um, do feel that pressure. I guess, um, let's see, I'd say a couple of things. The first thing is, um, you, know, you know, we really do need to, to if we're going to, like, you know, come into our own identity as men, I think we have to figure out, first of all, like, what, what are we all about? What are, what, what, what are we most interested in? What makes us happy? You know, answering all those personal questions, which I do think, uh, even though they're kind of like introspective, I think are quite important. And then secondly, trying to find the link or the bridge between, you know, the, those, those personal things and, you know, how our lives are connected with other people. So in other words, what, what they're really all about and how are we going to change the world and, you know, how are we going to combine our own dreams and stuff with something that's going to benefit other people? And I think, you know, I think once we once we begin, we begin striving towards those things, I think obviously we're going to come up against, um, you know, different expectations or assumptions or, or pressure. I guess I would say, from my case, it's it's gotten easier the more that I've done, like the more small, like I started taking small steps, um, and then you know things got easier. I remember when I first started traveling, um, you know, like my parents were freaked out, and uh, they would call and they would hear that I'm in Hong Kong or something, and they would. You know, be worried or whatever, and then this is like a few years ago, and now it's like they don't even know what continent I'm on. You know, like they just email me, and they're like, "We don't know where you are, Chris, but you know, let us know if anything." So things things do get easier, and I think um, I think at some point you just have to to take the take the leap. And I know it's not I know it's not easy, but nothing uh, nothing worth doing is ever really easy, you know. Definitely. Now, Chris, you you run a several small businesses. You write. Um, and you do these things to kind of fund your your flexible lifestyle that you have. Um, what advice would you give? Kind of just basic advice would you give to men? You know, if he's working the nine to five job, but would eventually like to do what you're doing, kind of have the flexibility to travel or do whatever. Um, does it have to be done through a blog, or can you create a small business doing something else that he's passionate about? I think it's actually a lot easier to create a small business doing something else um, without a blog, or maybe by you know, using the blog to support something else as opposed to, you know, starting a blog with the primary goal of, of creating a new career. Um, I think actually, like, it's much easier to look at something that you're passionate about, um, but not only that you're passionate about, but other people are also passionate about um, and willing to spend money on. I think that's the, that's the key point that I try to address in a lot of the, the small business stuff that I do is to really, like, look for the convergence between what you're really excited about, your passion, and you know, what other people are also excited about and interested in, which I think is something that the art of manliness community has done really well, right? Because it's something that you had this interest in, mm-hmm. and then you know, it's, there's a whole community of people also interested in the same thing. So that's that, it's kind of a that's a common mistake people make when they talk about like following your passion, and uh, um, you have to it has to be your passion, but it has to be somebody else's passion as well. So I always encourage people like to look for that convergence, and if if you're um, Working nine to five in some ways that's easier than if you're not because then you have you like you can't mess around basically if you don't have unlimited time so what you do has to count and um, you know you can totally start anything on the side most businesses are not started like with venture capital with uh, you know a team of ten people who are going to work full time you know most businesses are started just 
you know, the way you started out in manliness or how I started unconventionalguides.com or whatever, you know, you can start small and then see how people respond and then, you know, go from there. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's don't, I guess, moonlight first and then kind of test the waters out and then as it grows, go into it full time? Yeah, well, I think everyone's situation is different. And I, I, um, I don't have to counsel people like, you know, to, to quit their job without any, anything there or whatever. I mean, I think, uh, I think, I think we all have a desire for security and I think that's totally fine. Um, I just, I just like to kind of redefine security and let's, let's look at what security really is. Um, you know, is security a nine to five job or is, is security your own competence? You know, yeah. security, you know, if, if your own competence is a security, then you can do that in a job or you can do that in yourself. And it may be a different fit at different times in your life. And, you know, there may be sometimes you go back and forth and all of that's totally fine. But, um, I just think it's good to kind of, but let's look at what we're, you know, what we're really all about and what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so what about men who are, you know, who actually enjoy working the traditional nine to five job? You know, they like to clock in at eight o'clock and then leave at five, five thirty or whatever. Um, can they still live an unconventional life or a, a non-conformity life, non-art of non-conformity lifestyle? Well, sure, because uh, the main thing about an unconventional lifestyle, at least, you know, in the kind of writing that I do is, is, it's firstly thinking about motivations and thinking about like why do we do the things we do, and so I have uh, like my desktop uh, screensaver is this image that comes up and it actually says why do you do this every single day? So it's really good because like I log into my computer and I'm like oh why am I doing this? It's a good thing you know <laughs> good thing to think about this because because it's so easy um, whether you're self-employed or work for somebody else it really doesn't matter. I mean it's so easy to just fall into habits that we're doing stuff because it's because that's what we did yesterday or or you know whatever. So I think in some ways it's almost irrelevant whether, you know, whether it's the day job or something else or the, the art of nonconformity lifestyle or whatever. I mean, the most important thing is figuring out why we do what we do. And if someone's motivated, you know, to punch the clock, if they're doing really good work, you know, um, if they're part of a good company or organization, if they feel like they're making a difference, then that's great, you know. Um, so maybe there's, maybe there's a way they can introduce some other elements, you know, to their life. Um, if they're interested in travel, maybe they can take a one – you know, a uh, one to two week trip every year. And then that's a really big thing. And then they're saving up for that. And they're also like reading up, you know, well in advance of the trip and maybe connecting with other people, uh, you know, on Twitter or forums or whatever. Um, in some ways, they're probably going to have a better experience in that country than I would because I'm going places all the time. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think, um, you know, the most important thing is figuring out like why we do what we do and then, uh, you know, figuring out what we want and then, you know, gradually making changes to where it gets a little bit closer to, you know, the lifestyle that we want. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I think you read a lot of these lifestyle design blogs out there and they make it sound like the only way you can be happy is if, you know, you're doing like working four hours a week and, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you're, you're dancing tango like on the beaches of Argentina or whatever. I mean, I don't even know there's beaches in Argentina, but you're, you're, you're whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of sets people up for something like they're like, man, I, I should be doing that, but I don't want to. You know? Yes, yes, exactly. Well, the other thing is, I think oh, I think um, I'm actually pro work. You know, I think uh, if we hate our work, it's probably because we're doing the wrong kind of work. You know, um, I, I think most of us. Um, I mean, speaking of men, I would say most men probably have a desire to like contribute to something meaningful and to leave some kind of impact, and you know that involves work. So, so I mean, uh, however you do it, whether you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for something else that you believe in, you know, I think it's uh, it's worth doing. Awesome. All right, so how does your wife feel about your lifestyle? You're married. Um, yep. Is she, I mean, I guess, she, I mean, it sounds like she's all on board because you guys did the mission trip together, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, we were overseas together for four years. Um, so I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to speak for her too much, of course, because you know she speaks for herself. Yeah. But I, I would say, uh, you know, we've been married a long time, and, uh, and we did the, we did the four years uh, in Africa together, and now she works as an artist, so she has kind of an unconventional life uh, of her own. Hmm. The the travel is something that we definitely had to kind of work out together, and because now I'm mostly traveling by myself, uh, she does come on some things, but most of the time when I'm going off on these, you know, two week adventures, I'm usually um, by myself. So that's so that's actually the answer to the question people sometimes ask me, which is why why do you only go for two weeks at a time? Uh-huh. Um, and I say, well, because I'd like to stay married, <laughs> so I I, <laughs> I travel and then I come back and I'm here for two to three weeks in, in my home base of, of Portland, Oregon. Um, so that's been a, a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation, and uh, you know, um, want to make sure that that I'm that I'm doing what I want to do, um, but also not neglectful of my responsibilities and obligations. Yeah. Something I guess that kind of leads to my next question. I mean, what kind of advice would you give to a man who's like, all right, Chris, I'm ready to do, like, live the dream. Um, uh-huh. know, I want to travel the world. I'm going to, like, quit my job and, uh, you know, <laughs> become a, a blacksmith or whatever. Um, but the missus <laughs> is kind of reluctant. Uh, what should I do to, like, sell her on this idea? What would you tell that guy? Interesting. Um, I guess, um, you know, the more that, that, um, that she can be a part of it, Maybe the more she might be supportive of it. Um, like I said, that was one thing when, when we first went overseas. Um, that was not something I considered doing on my own because that was a, such a long commitment that I like, talked with her and uh, and she was and she you know to her credit she was really up for it from the beginning. But um, if not, maybe maybe there's a way to compromise. Maybe there's a way that you know maybe maybe she has some kind of dreams in this mm-hmm. situation that she's not pursuing. So I might want to say, well, what you know, are you? Is there something that you'd like to be doing that? that you haven't done or something that you thought about when you were a kid, but you just kind of forgot about because you thought like it wasn't realistic or whatever. Um, you know, how can we craft, how can we craft a story together? We've got your story, we've got my story and, you know, somewhat those are individual stories, but like since we're, we're married or we're in a partnership or whatever, like how can we craft some kind of story together? So, I mean, it's an interesting question. I do hear from a lot of people that um, both men and women, that kind of write in with that same question and say, Oh, I want to do this, but my partner, has a different idea. I never know exactly what to say, but you know, I do see a lot of examples where it ends up working out. Yeah, it just takes a lot of communication, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Chris, any any parting advice for men who are looking to live an unconventional lifestyle? I'm trying to think, there's anything we haven't uh, haven't covered. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed this conversation, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the art of manliness community. So, um, I mean, if anybody's out there and has any other questions, definitely feel free to. Contact me if anybody needs help with the travel stuff, or if they've got a business thing they're working on, or just a question or whatever. I'm happy to happy to help with that. I can't think of any like huge parting words of advice except uh, you guys are great, and I'm really thrilled to be a part of your community. Awesome. Well, Chris, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Brett. Our guest today was Chris Gillibo. Chris is the author of the blog The Art of Nonconformity, and you can find out more information about Chris's work at chrisgillibo.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly.
When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Yours. 